Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. Well, good morning, folks, and welcome to the Heart of the Athlete, the local FCA radio show here in southern Idaho. My name is Ken Lewis. I'm the director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in Idaho, and we're just blessed this morning to have in the studio uh, Coach Steve Steele, who is the head women's basketball coach at Northwest Nazarene over in, in Napa, Idaho. Steve, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me. I know we've been talking about this for a little while, and I uh, uh, appreciate you taking time out. I know this is in the middle of the season, and you guys have been having a tremendous year this year, and uh, so thanks for taking the time to uh, uh, to be here, and it's, it's great to hear what God, uh, what we're going to share, what you're going to share about with what God's doing in your life. Um, I know you've been, you've, uh, how many years now have you been here at NNU as the head basketball coach? This is my third season. And uh, you guys have had a tremendous year uh, this year. I know in last year, tell us a little bit about um, just what the what your team last year accomplished and how things are going this season. Uh, we won the conference championship last year, which is the first time we've won the GNAC, I think. Um, so that was exciting. We went on a, a 13 straight game run t- to finish the season and, and win the win the conference championship. So that that was pretty exciting. Um, and then this year we started off obviously pretty strong. We won our first 17 games this year uh, in all competitions. Um, and then we actually lost our first game last Saturday night. So we're 17 and one to start off this year. So, wow, that's I know that was an amazing run you guys had last year. And uh, but I know there's been a lot of really neat things happening on your team behind the scenes as well, and, and just in the lives of those those your athletes' lives and. And uh, just to see you guys get off to an incredible start this year has just been a lot of fun. And uh, so, Steve, where did you grow up? Where, how did uh, and how did you get involved in sports? So I, I grew up in Southern California. Um, my parents divorced when I was very young. I was two when my parents divorced. My dad was a, uh, um, a high school math teacher, and he coached every sport they would let him coach because he needed the extra stipends, you know, to pay the bills. And so I grew up on the volleyball court on the basketball court on the baseball field on the football field on the sidelines of all of these things with my big wheel and <laughs> and uh we're at in california but um, my dad coached and taught at el monte high school which is just east of la uh okay. for 36 years he retired i guess he's been retired now six or seven years wow. um so i grew up on the sideline watching him coach and his dad before him was a coach in fact people still when they i mean his dad passed away this year actually uh wow. last fall but e- even up up until um just before he passed away, people were, would st- were still calling my grandfather coach. Uh-huh. Um, and he was a pastor, actually, uh, uh-huh. uh, which is what he, he became, um, a, a full-time pastor for many, many years. But um, So sports have always been in my family. Uh-huh. Um, and being in Southern California, obviously the weather is you know, beautiful year-round, so we're playing outdoor sports all year-round, 12 months a year. So uh-huh. uh, that, that's pretty cool. So you played, you played basketball, and you eventually migrated to basketball being your sport. What other, other sports did you play in high school, or was it all just basketball? I, I played everything. I, I, honestly, soccer and baseball were my two probably top sports. Um, I, I, um, but I played, um, growing up you know, in youth sports, I played baseball, basketball, soccer, um, kind of on those three on a loop. And then in junior high, I, I was able to play football, run some track. In high school, I played four sports. I played um, baseball, basketball, soccer, and I played water polo one year. <laughs> wow. Um, 
uh, my senior year in high school, which was which was a lot of fun. Uh, trying to get in shape for the, my senior year of baseball season, um, w- which was kind of cool. And then in college, I played soccer and volleyball in college. <laughs> So I've always played a lot of sports, just been something I've always, always loved, any kind of sport. So in college you played soccer and volleyball. Where was yeah. that at? Concordia, Irvine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. And that, uh, that's where Danny, Danny Bowman just came from. That's where Danny from. Bowman just came from. We didn't cross paths. Um, I actually was an assistant women's basketball coach at Concordia for two years, just before he started coaching track there. Mm-hmm. So, But it's kind of a fun connection to have. Yeah. So water polo, wow. That I mean, you're a pretty lean guy. I know <laughs> you probably had to work pretty hard in that sport. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I finished a practice for the first 30 days. Wow. <laughs> um, it's that grueling of a sport. But once you once I was able to get in shape, um, you know, it's a blast. It's really physical, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I became a pretty fast swimmer. I mean, I grew up because my dad was a high school teacher. We did have a lot of summers off, and so we spent a lot of time at the beach. I was always, uh-huh. you know, surfing, body surfing, wow. that kind of stuff. So I was a pretty strong swimmer. But to get in shape to play water polo is a whole nother story. Wow. I did. I did actually. Um, I lost five pounds in the first <laughs> in the first two weeks, and then in the next two weeks, I gained fifteen. Wow, You're um, just, your metabolism was just yeah. Screaming. So between the lifting and the, and the swimming and and the food, <laughs> I ate a lot of food. Yeah. Wow. My uh, my cousin uh, lives down in Rancho Cucamonga. Her her daughter is tall gal. She's probably about five ten, and she's she's playing water polo down at Rancho Cucamonga, and uh, right now, so I'm a little familiar with water polo, a little bit, yeah. just a little bit. So, well, so you played at Irvine, um, and then how did you get involved in coaching? I, I think sports has always been something I've just loved. I, I mean, fiercely loved sports. I've always looking for places to play pickup games if it, you know once I wasn't being able to play competitively anymore but it's something I've just always loved I was always around with my dad stuff that we always did for fun I mean he'd come out of practice you know and you know which was work for him obviously and then we'd go you know take live batting practice at a local park or something or go shoot hoops I mean it's just something I always loved I think still my favorite memories of a, as growing up as a kid was playing wiffle ball in the backyard with my cousins mm-hmm. growing up in tackle football and that kind of stuff so it's just something I've always loved um and I think that when once I learned that I could do it full time, that was really exciting for me. Um, I was always I was a high school teacher for 13 years, and then coached kind of on the side. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was very blessed to be offered a full time coaching position by Julie Heisey, uh, an, an, a former NNU um, coach and athlete here. Um, she Sorry, was some Seattle of you might Pacific. remember her as Julie Van Beek, right. and she's recently married uh, about four or five years ago, I think. Yeah, and, maybe, uh, maybe eight or ten years maybe, ago maybe now she's longer, been married. Yeah. But Julie <laughs> offered me a full-time position to be an assistant coach with her up at Seattle Pacific, and that's how I started coaching full-time. Um, but I always knew that if I could do sports full-time, that that was what God wanted me to do. That I know that's what I always I, I, I truly love doing. Um, and so Julie kind of got me started in, in coaching full time. Wow! So you went from California to Seattle, the yeah. Seattle Pacific. So your your grandfather was a coach. Your yeah. dad was a coach. Yeah. Um, you've had obviously they were very influential in your life. Yeah. Any other coaches that were influential oh, to you? So and, many. And why? Why were they influential to you? So many. Uh, um, I, I mean, there's too many to name, but I, I think the first one that jumps out is a man named Larry Lewis, who was my junior high, my junior high basketball coach. And just a tremendous man of God, um, just very um, consistent, very even-keeled, very positive, really big on fundamentals and um, playing the right way, living the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, um, I, I, you know, I, I have several coaches that I've played for I, I could name, but the next guy that I think 
that jumps to my mind is a guy that I coached with because I was a high school basketball coach in Southern California for uh, 13 or 14 years, and I worked with a guy named Jeff Sink. And Jeff Sink is, was a legend. He had won four or five state titles in Alaska. He won six state titles in California. Wow. Uh, he's, he's recently retired, but uh, working under him for a long time, I learned so much just about preparing for games, preparing for practices, scouting reports, and he's probably the greatest what's the word i'm looking for motivator i've ever been around hmm. and that's probably something that i that i you know obviously i learned a lot of basketball from him but he was by far the greatest motivator i've ever been around just really knew how to get the most out of kids wow and so um you know those are just a couple of the names that that uh mm-hmm. that i'll throw out for now wow that's cool yeah it's, it's interesting how you think back to those coaches that were influential in our lives and and things they said or did or how they approached things and how they influenced us. It's it's neat that God has put those people in our lives, isn't it? Yeah. So you were coaching in California high school, and mm-hmm. you ended up going from high school to Seattle Pacific. How did that happen with and your friendship and relationship there with, with Julie get started, and how did all that happen? Uh, you, you, I mean, we say God works in mysterious ways, obviously, but um, I had been coaching basketball at Brayolinda, which is um, a, a national powerhouse program, um, and so had you know kind of had the attention of a lot of colleges because we had we were sending three or four or five kids a year to major division one schools play bat to play basketball so it started kind of developing some relationships with coaches but um i actually had a friend that i went to college with at concordia uh, irvine was an assistant basketball coach there at concordia my alma mater and he was leaving his position to work on his phd and he called me because he knew we had a prior relationship, but he also knew that I'd been coaching at a, at a good program for a long time and said, hey, I'm leaving my position as an assistant coach. I think you'd be a great fit. Are you interested? So I said, yeah, definitely. And he, so he introduced me with that the, at the, the coach at Concordia University at that time. Uh, her name was Jenny Hansen. Um, and Jenny and I kind of hit it off. And so I continued to teach high school and coached as an assistant coach um, at the college level at my alma mater for two years. Huh. And unfortunately, Jenny lost her job after I was there two years. And so I just started putting out resumes everywhere. And, and Julie, Julie called me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, and you ended up moving to Seattle. And ended up moving, moving up to Seattle. And... Moved the family and everything up to Seattle. Yeah, I have, obviously, I have an amazing wife because she picked up and followed me and moved everybody. You know, we had two, two young kids. Yeah. We picked up and moved everything to go there and, um, and, and coach full-time at Seattle Pacific. That was my first full-time college coaching uh, position was there wow. at Seattle Pacific. So how many years were you at SPU? I was at SPU three years with Julie. Yeah. And then after that? After my third year at SPU, uh, I the position here at NNU came open. I applied. I um, Obviously, because Julie is an alum here, um, you know um, it, that helps because she wrote a nice letter of recommendation for me. Um, I interviewed and didn't get the job. Uh, they hired a guy named Brian Holsinger, who's now at Oregon State. Um, and uh, so I kind of put it out of my mind. But a few months later, um, Brian decided he, this, that he wasn't the right place for him, and he took a position at Oregon State. And so they were in a bind late in the season trying to hire a coach. So it's like and July, so August? Or? This is August. Wow. August. I mean, most basketball coaches get hired in March or April. Yeah. Um, and I had interviewed in March originally and so um in august all the good candidates were taken obviously (laughs) so kelly here (laughs) called me back and now they're stuck with me wow well it's been a blessing to have you here i know that uh, god has used you in some really neat unique ways to help 
bless the the team and this and the school and the athletic department here so well folks if you're just joining us we're visiting this morning heart of athlete with coach steve Steele, the head women's basketball coach at nnu over here in napa well steve you know i know you love you love the lord you love the lord jesus christ how was it that you got your relationship with jesus what what was it that happened in your life and and tell us a little bit about how you came to know the lord well, there's t- two things. Uh, I was very fortunate to be born into a Christian home. Um, like I said, my grandfather was a pastor. My great-grandfather on my mom's side was a pastor. Most of my dad's brothers and sisters you know, are, are still involved heavily in church work, and a lot of my cousins are still are. So I, I was born into a Christian home. But I have to say that um, probably the biggest turning point in my life was my sophomore year at Concordia University. Uh, met a girl who moved in right above me, um, who's now my wife, Gwen. And uh, she challenged me, really challenged me sophomore year when we started getting to know each other, that she wasn't going to date anybody who wasn't taking his walk with Christ seriously. And really challenged me to, to decide, am I a Christian because I grew up in a Christian home or am I a Christian because that's what I want to be? That's who I want to follow. That's what I want to, that's what I want to do because I love Jesus, not because my family mm-hmm. um, you know, has taught me to do that. And so that was a huge turning point in my life, rededicated my life to Christ. Uh, got baptized um, that summer um, after my sophomore year, and obviously um, she's still my wife and is still a huge um, influence on my my walk and my faith. Um, and so I give her a lot of credit for that. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you um, that you've put into your life that that keep you keep you solid with the Lord and keeping in good communication with the Lord um, and in your walk with the with Jesus? That's a tough question. <laughs> Um, you know, I think I think you got to surround yourself with people that are are lifting you up and challenge you constantly. Like I said, my wife does a great job of that. Obviously, I think it's important that you you find a good church home that's a Bible preaching church. Um, I think that um, uh, it's important to have mentors um, uh, that are are challenging you and teaching you. And then I think it's also important for you to find somebody to pass on your knowledge. And so I think it's important for me to try and mentor other people. And, and I am lucky that I can do that in my job. Um, I, I have two kids that I'm trying to trying to share my faith with, you know, every day. Um, and um, so I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, but. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, I know getting into the Word is important. And like you said, fellowshipping, uh, being in a good Bible, believing church is so important. And speaking of the Word, what is there any passages of the Bible that you have just, man, you've just really, the Lord has really spoke to you? Maybe maybe lately, maybe something this last year or for this season. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you two. My life verse is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and this is something that's kind of, I think, both for my wife and I, and a lot of people know this verse, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But um, I also like the two verses following that that not as many people know, uh, 12 and 13. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Um, and I, just for my wife and I, we've we've moved a lot and had a lot of major change in our life. Um, you know, I, I lost my teaching position. Um, you know, for a year I was without a job, and that uh, put a lot of stress on just our, our finances and our family. But um, just knowing that God has a plan for us, and he's continue to move us and better our lives and, and bless us and teach us things in new areas um, of the world <laughs> and new places. Um, that's been a clear, uh, a, a clear statement to him, you know, as far as our life verse goes together. Um, but I wanted to share this other verse with you because on Saturday night, 
we lost our first game of the year, and that's a hard thing to do. Um, but and it was devastating, and to watch, uh, you know, at the time we were ranked number one in the country, and so to see the other teams celebrate, you know, that they stormed the court, and the way they celebrate after beating us, I think makes the loss even more heartbreaking. Um, <laughs> There's something about going after the, the top <laughs> dog and, and trying to get after them in there. <laughs> and it's easy to go into a locker room after you win. You know, right. it's not hard to find words. Right. You know, but to go into a locker room after you lose and have to try and say something wise and something uplifting um, is really hard for I think for any coach. And so, but that night, that night I went to, to bed with this kind of this verse on my this just section of this verse in Psalm 30 on my mind, um, which really helped me because I was really really low, obviously, and I know my team was really really low. But I could remember this section of this verse in Psalms. The last part of uh, Psalm 30, verse 5, the last part says, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And that verse just goes kind of on, on my brain as I went to sleep that night. And I just felt totally restored and refreshed the next morning. Um, and the whole, ver- the whole section, I'll read you the whole section, Psalm 30, verse 3 through 5. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise, praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And I can only remember that last part, but that was all I needed uh, to kind of refresh me. And I, I woke up already feeling refreshed, and so that verse has kind of been on my mind the last few days for sure. There's something about that, about rejoicing in, in tough times, challenging times, whether it's the, the first loss of a season or, or, or the many things that happen in life that are challenging. And yeah. there's something that God does with that. It, it's, it's a... I don't know. It's it's very unique, and and just as we yield ourselves to Him and rejoice to Him and say, Lord, okay, I'm with you. I'm gonna instead of it's because we it's kind of a why in the road, isn't it? We can yeah. we can either be bitter and go this direction and blame or or whatever whatever situation we're in, and I imagine that's tough. I mean that that that, that loss you guys had against Simon Fraser, I'm sure that's not the only tough time that you've had in your life no of course not <laughs> but it's great to know obviously that god is with us always and he can refresh us and restore our soul right yeah. um, we we say quite often with our basketball team and, and that's the first loss we've had to deal with this year but we we say quite often you know when we're struggling or when we're just tired and, and, and we got to go to practice you know we say and it's kind of a joke amongst our our girls hey you know what we get to do today we get to play basketball with our friends today yeah, and and that's kind of something we kind of use, and that we kind of get get the smiles going and get the spirits lifted sometimes. So. Right, it's a, it is a game, and it's a yeah. fun game, and and sports. And I really believe that God has given us sports to uh, to enjoy and and to to really reveal Him and uh, to go have fun and, and use those gifts He's given us. So, yeah. well, you've been a, a Christian, you know, like you said, since college, as you shared with us. Um, so in your coaching career, you've been a believer. How has being a Christian, you think, helped you as a coach? Being not just a, a coach who happens to be a Christian, but a but a Christian coach, a, a man of God who's trying to implement these things into what he does, the, the gifts that God has given you. How, uh, that's a that's a complicated question, but I I um I don't see how a coach could really. <laughs> consistently motivate a team without having some sort of biblical faith background. Um, I, I, I don't see that as possible. I mean, I, I, I know I coached at a public high school for a long time, but looking now that I've been in, been able to coach at a Christian school for now for the, for the past six years, I don't know how I was ever able to refresh people, how to inspire people without using biblical principles of faith, faith background and, and those kind of ideas. 
I think, especially in today's world, there's a lot of ambiguity as to what is morally right and wrong and what direction people should be going and, and how we should think. But the great thing about God's word is that God's word is always true for any situation. Yeah. And so we know as Christians, we know, we always know we can go back to what is true and you don't have to argue about, we don't have to argue about is this true or not. We know it's true because it's God, God's word and it's infallible. And so we can always go back to God's word and use that to mm-hmm. lift up, to restore, to teach. And so that's one of the great things about being a coach at a place like NNU is that there's no, there are no restrictions on using God's word to, to motivate, to lift up, to build, to correct um, all of those things. What were some, you know, and, and you and I both, we coached at public schools, at high yeah. schools uh, as Christians. What were, what were some of the ways that um, you, f- you were able to, to maybe get across, maybe parabolize different biblical truths? Was anything that sticks out in your mind on some ways that you were able to do that with your teams, even as a Christian, and feeling those restrictions of what you could say or do? What were some of the things? That, what was your mindset or some things you, you know, done? Honestly, I, 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 honestly, I... I, I just made I, I I just I still made it known. I think I think anybody who played for me, <laughs> even though I was at a public school, they knew I was a Christian. I was involved in FCA at the at the, at the school that I was at there, and um, and I would still say I would still say to hey, kids, hey, you need me to pray for you if you want me to if you want to talk to me about anything, you know, come see me. And, and although I wouldn't necessarily Bible beat people, <laughs> uh-huh. um, I, I I didn't shy away from the fact that I was a Christian and right. I kind of, I, I think maybe it was more of the idea that kids could come to me and bring it up right. um, because right. there's nothing, there's nothing against the law about doing that. Yeah. And so um, I, I would say that although maybe I didn't quote scripture as regularly, maybe I didn't preach mm-hmm. uh, the way I, I think my coaches would, my players today would laugh that I preached to them, <laughs> you know, pretty regularly, although I didn't necessarily do that. Yeah. Um, I think it, it was pretty openly known that I was a Christian. Right. And if you wanted to talk about something serious, something, something, um, you know, bigger than, than what life is right now, that right. I think they knew that they could come talk to me about That's those great. things. So well, they obviously had a relationship with you and that you had helped, you know, got it helped you establish that. So we've got just a couple minutes here left, Steve. Um, we've got, here we are, what, two thirds of the way through the season? About yeah, we're halfway, halfway through the conference, the conference. So yeah. How's, how's the rest of the conference look for you? This, the, the, the last half of the conference uh, schedule here. Our conference is tough up and down all the way from top to bottom. Our conference is really, really tough. Um, and uh, I mean, there's, there are always four or five teams that are going to get looked at, considered to go to the national tournament. I think we had four or five, four or five teams in the national tournament from our conference right. last year. Yeah. So that, that's the way it is every year. And then to have to go play those teams on the road, you know, you can just up the ante even more. So our conference is really, really tough. Um, obviously, we've had some success so far, and I'm optimistic. I think we've got a we've got a great team and a real shot to be successful. But um, there are just no there's no easy games. Yeah. So we're just going to continue to try to do what we what we've been doing and have a great practice today. Yeah. And then we'll worry about <laughs> the rest of the, the conference as right. as it comes up. Yeah. Well, what an honor that. To, to see what God's done through you and your staff and, and, the, and the, the players here, the athletes, the women basketball players, you know, that you guys are recognized as the number one team in the nation. And we'll see where the, the second half of the season goes. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, what, what, a, what a neat thing. What a, what a cool thing that God has allowed to have happen here. Yeah, I agree. It's been fun. Thanks, Ken. 
couple folks uh, we've been visiting this morning with Coach Steve Steele, uh, head women's basketball coach at NNU, Northwest Nazarene, over here in Nampa, Idaho, this morning. And uh, uh, you can follow those um, uh, Steve's team at uh, NNU. What's the website? NNUsports.com. That's right. And, and they actually have the, the road games on on the net, right? The road games are on Stretch Internet, which is a couple cl- clicks you'll have to go through uh, through GNACsports.com. Uh, you can you can get there, but yeah, you can watch all our games on the road. Also, all the games are home or live, home or away are are streamed live and on demand. Actually, through the GNACsports.com. And what's that website again? GNACsports.com. G N A C sports.com that's the greater northwest, northwest athletic, athletic conference. conference all right well thanks steve for being here and it's just been great to visit with you this morning and let's do this again yeah thanks for having me ken well folks if you uh, are interested in getting involved with fca or getting more information we've got some camps coming up this summer uh you can get you can go to our website at fcaidaho.org uh, and uh, get all that information about getting involved with FCA. So, well, thanks, Steve. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for listening today. If you are interested in getting involved with FCA or would like to donate to the FCA ministry, you can contact us through the FCA Idaho website at fcaidaho.org. Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho and KBXL, The Voice. Yeah.